Good afternoon, Lafayette. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet Chevy. Find new roads. You can do that with Service Chevrolet. Go visit them at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey Parkway here in Lafayette. Glad to have them on board as a sponsor. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or, like Scott already has in this hour, use the KPL app chat and you can be part of the show. Now, before I get into the topics I want to talk about, keep in mind there are some key elections going on around the country tonight. In particular, the two you need to pay attention to are in Virginia and Kentucky. Ohio's got an important one too. It's a constitutional amendment. Uh we will see the we'll we'll kind of see more of the fate of the abortion issue in the country in Ohio but also in Virginia. And and here's why. Virginia Republicans have advocated for a 15-week abortion ban. Meaning banning all abortions after 15 weeks. Pro-life groups are saying it's not going far enough. Democrats, of course, freaking out because they don't want any restrictions on abortion. This is probably, to be honest with you, 15 weeks is probably the most palatable abortion ban you will find in terms of policy at the state level. But what Virginia is trying to do here is Virginia is trying to flip its state Senate and hold on to its state House. If they do that. If Republicans can then hold on to the legislature as well as have the executive branch in Virginia, that's a pretty big indicator of what the feelings are around the country. You know, Virginia, its elections in off years tend to kind of forewarn what's happening with the rest of the country. In Kentucky, we kind of see the same thing. Now, Governor Andy Bashir is a Democrat who was enjoying a nice lead on the polls until very recently. And among other things, the the activist groups coming out in support of Andy Bashir, a Democrat, a progressive Democrat, uh, his opponent is a black man, a black conservative. And one of the packs that came out and, and released some sort of ad or something like that said, skin folk ain't kinfolk. Basically targeting black voters and saying, he may be black, but he's not one of you. The group that put out that messaging, by the way, is partially funded by George Soros. You need to know that. But if Republicans can take back the governor's mansion in Kentucky and they can win the Virginia legislature tonight, that's not a good sign for Democrats. And we you know, talked about those poll numbers yesterday. But I want to talk about the Democrats in Washington, D.C. There is a scoop from the Daily Caller. Reporter Henry Rogers putting this up on Twitter just a little while ago. A Senate source has forwarded to him a draft letter calling on the president's administration to suspend uh, enforcing immigration rules on Palestinians. I'm not making that up. 
This is what a source has given a reporter at the Daily Caller. This is written by Senator Dick Durbin, Congresswoman Jayapal, and Congresswoman uh, Schakowsky. We urge your administration to designate the Palestinian territories for temporary protected status and slash or authorized deferred enforcement departure for Palestinians present in the United States. As you know, TPS and DED offer temporary relief for, uh, uh, from removal and work authorization for eligible foreign nationals who are made unable to return to safely to their home countries or part of a country. In light of an ongoing armed conflict, Palestinians already in the United States should not be forced to return to the Palestinian territories consistent with President Biden's stated commitment to protecting Palestinian civilians. So if, if immigration authorities come across a Palestinian who is in the country illegally, is not a citizen, they're asking the Biden administration, just let them stay. This comes at the same time that we are seeing and we're getting reports of from Border Patrol and multiple news outlets that people with known terror ties in the Middle East, Chinese nationals, People on the terror watch list, people aligned with terror groups in the Middle East, they're trying to sneak across the border along with Hispanic immigrants. And despite all of that reporting, a handful of Democrats wants to tell the Biden administration, don't enforce immigration rules on Palestinians who are here illegally. In what world does that make sense? In what world does it make sense when you have a national security risk like a porous border? Why would it make sense to not enforce your immigration rules at a time when there is armed conflict in the Middle East? There are known terrorists or allies of terror groups sneaking across our border into the United States. We are on elevated terror alerts. We are worried about Iran trying to uh, hack our electrical grid and other essential systems. Why? Why would the Democrats think that's a good idea? Other than the Democrats don't actually pay attention to those news reports. They don't believe it's actually happening. They really don't believe that there is an immigration problem right now. They don't believe that we are on an elevated terror. In fact, they've gone out to continue saying we need to stop the Islamophobia. And they're saying that as a Jewish man was killed yesterday on American soil by a pro-Palestinian activist. Have the Democrats lost their minds fully and completely? I think, I think so. Some of you are probably nodding along, or some of you are actually probably shaking your head and saying, silly Joe, the Democrats lost their minds a long time ago. That's true, but they are losing their grips on reality. Why are they doing this? I, I mentioned this yesterday. 
and I've mentioned this a couple times now, the Democrats have focused so much on identity politics, they're just trying to put fires out whenever they see a demographic problem. Hispanic voters are leaving them. Black voters are leaving them. Asian American voters are leaving them. Right now, what's the big thing? The big thing, people in their party shouting about Islamophobia and about how Israel is trying to wipe out the Gazans. And Joe Biden's poll numbers are going down. So what's the Biden administration doing? They're trying to make the the Muslim American voters happy. And so Democrats think, hey, this is a great way. We can show that not only we pro-immigration, that we want people to come to America and live a better life, but we support the Palestinians. That's the way we can pick their vote back. We can get them happier with us. It is patently ridiculous that they are going this route. It is frankly astounding that they that the Democrats can see the news reports and see everything going on and come to this as their conclusion. The Democrats think this is it. This will solve our problems. This is how we bring peace, is by allowing those who have entered the country illegally to stay here while this conflict goes on, when the people who live in the area of conflict are either our close allies and have been for decades or have vowed that they want to see both Israel and America wiped off the map. Hmm. Kind of odd. That, that logic doesn't make sense to me. Shouldn't make sense to you. But that's where we are. That's where the Democrats are. And meanwhile, while all this is going on, by the way, we're still we're still seeing our own troops in Iraq and Syria under drone attacks. Dozens of U.S. military personnel being injured in drone attacks in Iraq and Syria. And the Biden administration's response. Stop it. That's it. That's all they're doing is they're saying stop it. It's really clear that with the rise of anti-Semitism and with our own military personnel being injured in the Middle East, the Biden administration talked a good game at first, but as their party got louder and louder, especially the pro-Hamas caucus, they stopped caring nearly as much. You know what the Biden administration's doing right now? You know what they're, what they're really focused on right now? They've, they've launched, they, they filed legal briefs on this. They filed a legal brief to the Supreme Court to take up cases on, quote, trans care bans. That's right. The world is on fire. The Biden administration is asking the Supreme Court to not only take up cases on states that have passed laws banning the uh, hormone therapy to trans a kid, sexual reassignment surgeries, all the laws that have banned all those procedures because the scientific community really isn't convinced it actually works or helps anything. The Biden administration is filing legal briefs for the Supreme Court to take up cases fighting those laws because they say the Sixth Circuit got it wrong. The Sixth Circuit said, yeah, this is, this is constitutional. This is well within the state's rights to pass this law. 
And the Biden administration is saying, no, it's not. And so they're urging the Supreme Court to take up the case. They are more passionate about making sure that a child can get a sexual reassignment surgery, a child that doesn't understand the implications of said surgery. They want to make sure the child can, that child can receive that surgery. They're not going to say anything on anti-Semitism. They're not going to say anything on American troops getting injured overseas. That's where their priorities are. Their priorities are on these social issues like the trans stuff. Their priorities are on making sure that we allow Palestinian immigrants who are here illegally to stay here illegally, not kick them out the country. That's the leadership we have right now. Is it any wonder that Joe Biden, his best case scenario in terms of the 2024 election is running against Donald Trump and he's still losing to Trump in almost every swing state? Back in a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Your calls, 232-1542 or messages on the app. We'll be back with more. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by... Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer nine years in a row. That's service Chevrolet at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey here in Lafayette. You've got to go by there and check out their huge selection. We are proud to have them as a sponsor for this five o'clock hour. If you go and check them out, they have so much more than just cars for you to look at. They've got their new and used cars on the lot with more inventory coming in every day, by the way. We've got parts and service available right there. Body Shop and Collision Center, Fine Line Custom Auto. They've got the wash. They've got so much for you to really meet all of your automotive needs. It's time for you to stop by, or you can shop online at servicegm.com. Service Chevrolet Cadillac, our family, serving your family for the last 50 years. Chevy, find new roads. Folks, looking at the app chats that are coming in, you guys largely seem to agree that the Democrats have lost their minds. I told you that. I, told, I knew some of y'all were shaking your heads in the cars. You were driving home saying, Joe, they've already lost their minds. This isn't something new. But here's the thing. Billy uh, in Church Point makes a good point. And Mike makes the same point, too. All the Democrats are wanting to do is destroy America. Now, Billy points out uh, there's not much more that the Biden and the Democrats could do to hurt the country. And I, Billy, I'm going to tell you, you need to slow down on that, because just when you think that Biden and the Democrats will find some new and exciting ways to hurt the country. But Mike and Billy are right in that. The Democrats do want to tear things out. But here's the thing. They don't have any plan to build. They don't want to build anything back in America's place. In their mind, America's the villain in all this. America is the villain. And that is, I think, probably the worst part of that is that they don't see anything good in the country. They don't see anything of value that America's presence brings. And so they keep trying to tear it all down, but they don't want to replace it with anything because they think anything that fundamentally develops in America is going to actually be bad. They just want to tear down the system as it is. 
All right, let's take a break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. We'll be back. Take your calls, your messages on the app, plus some other things to get to. Garrett Graves officially being kicked out of an advisory position to the Speaker of the House. We'll have that kind of continue that conversation from yesterday. Plus, do want to talk about some cooking. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or like so many others, you can send messages to the KPL app chat. Shout out to Chris and Ryan also for messaging the chat. Love talking with y'all. Billy, Chris, Ryan, Mike, Scott, all of you being active on the app today. Love to see it. Thank y'all. And uh, I've responded, I think, to just about every message I've gotten so far. If I haven't, though, I will be making sure to do so. But I need to move on. We've got this report. This is uh, over at NOLA.com. Representative Garrett Graves shuffled out of position advising House Speaker. U.S. Representative Garrett Graves was removed Monday by Speaker Mike Johnson, his fellow Louisiana delegation member from the advisory role Graves held under the previous Speaker. Graves, a Republican of Baton Rouge, had been leading the weekly meetings of the Elected Leadership Committee, a group of influential House Republicans who advised former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Republican of California. Now, Graves said that he wasn't shocked that he had talked to Johnson about wanting to focus more on transportation and infrastructure issues. But this is more about Mike Johnson wanting to go back to the way things were handled. Traditionally, one person close to the process told the advocate in the Times-Picayune, McCarthy had set up a shadow leadership of Garrett and others. This was very frustrating for the members. Graves was named by McCarthy to chair the 18 or so elected officials on the advisory committee. He was the panel's only unelected member, and some in the Republican conference felt McCarthy installed him in order to have an ally in the group. Which is absolutely what happened. It's no wonder now that the unelected Garrett Graves, who was a a pawn, he was uh, a useful lackey, For Kevin McCarthy, it is no surprise that he has since been removed from the group. Went through this yesterday, have gone through it before, but basically Garrett Graves was handpicked by Kevin McCarthy to be his next lackey so that he could build a group of loyalists and steer certain things in certain directions. Problem is, Kevin McCarthy made too many promises, couldn't keep them, and got kicked out of the speaker's chair. Garrett Graves was notably up, noticeably upset in several meetings. Reporters were even commenting on it during the whole speaker list process that Congress went through. So Graves, who was on this, uh, who was on this committee, has been removed by Mike Johnson. Which good, good for Mike Johnson for doing that. Uh, I think that's very important. Here's the thing. Again. Graves has no friends in the state of Louisiana. He really doesn't. He has no friends among elected Republicans in the state. He has no friends in Washington, D.C., except Kevin McCarthy. But Kevin McCarthy no longer has any power. Graves told Mike Johnson he wanted to focus on transportation and infrastructure because he could read the tea leaves. He knew he was on his way out. So he can claim that he wanted to go work on his policy things, things that 
he was a no nerd over transportation and infrastructure. That was his thing. But those are those are policies that the only way you're you really brush up on transportation and infrastructure in Washington, D.C. is by figuring out where you can spend money. And that's what Garrett Graves wanted to do. Garrett Graves wanted to be able to steer how the money was spent. He still wanted to spend an inordinate amount of money on infrastructure, but he wanted to be able to steer where it went. He wasn't interested in saving or cutting spending. He just wanted to figure out different ways that money could be used. So Garrett Graves, naturally, no longer in an advisory position to the speaker, which is good. I think the Louisiana delegation's pretty much done with Garrett Graves. As they should be. All right. Now, I do want to get to another topic because this has bothered me since uh, yesterday. So we're now in the Thanksgiving season. I'm angry because I look up and I see a Christmas tree lit up in the lobby, but I'll, I'll overlook it just in case the chief cat herder here at the in this market is listening. I, I will. I, I won't. I won't try to tear down the tree, but I'm very much a Thanksgiving person, very much a fall season person. I started looking up recipes because, you know, I'm an adult officially like we, we even though I'm 35 years old, sometimes being part of the younger generations at a massive family gathering like we have for Thanksgiving, we don't often get like, you need to cook this dish and bring it. You need to bring this. You need to bring silverware, plasticware, paper plates, paper cups, whatever. We, a lot of the kids in my generation haven't still really gotten those responsibilities. So that's, that's starting to change. Uh, so I was looking at recipes uh, because I know there are some things that I will be cooking for. So I was trying to get them together. One thing that, ha- uh, two things have always bothered me. When looking up recipes online, the first, and I know every one of you who has looked up a recipe online, you know this feeling, is you don't want to scroll through two novels worth of backstory in order to get to the actual recipe on a recipe blog, right? Right. The second thing that bothers me. I'm tired of being lied to by recipes, cookbooks, recipe blogs about onions. I am. I'm sick of it. You've been lied to about onions as well. I know a bunch of you out there are home cooks, and you know this to be true. You know it to be true. That there is no way that you properly cook down onions over medium heat In five minutes. For a bunch of you, you may have inexplicably just shouted yes out loud without realizing it, but you did because you know I'm right. You know that there are recipes in your cookbooks, on those recipe blogs, on those old, even even some of those family recipe cards. They tell you you can do it. It, it, It's impossible to properly cook down an onion in five minutes, unless you turn it on super high heat and then you're going to burn the onions. You're going to have bitter onions instead of properly browned onions. I am tired of it. I'm tired of all of us being lied to. Properly 
cooking onions should take you probably 15 to 20 minutes. Depending on the heat that you're using, maybe 10, depending on how, how much onion you're using and how much heat you're using, maybe 10, but really 15 to 20 minutes to properly cook down onions. Anybody who tells you anything less than 10%, 10 minutes, they're trying to make their recipe seem like a quick, easy recipe that you can cook, and they're lying to you to make you go back to their website again and again to figure out why your onions aren't working. They're trying to get page views, and they're trying to get ad revenue from your clicks. Don't listen to them. If they tell you you can cook down your onions in 5 to 10 minutes, they are lying to you. Never go back to that site ever. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant about onions, but it is something that's bothered me for the last couple of days because I was looking online for a couple of recipes and each and every recipe I found, they said, the onions are the easy part. The onion, all you got to do, five, 10 minutes, you're done with the onions and you can add all your other ingredients. No, doesn't work like that. You're lying to me and you're lying to yourself, recipe blog. Anyway, long story short, there is a recipe that I'm making relatively soon. I'd, I'm going to make cornbread dressing. And I'd, I, have two, I have three variations. One is just plain cornbread dressing. One is cornbread dressing with chicken in it. And one is crawfish cornbread dressing, which uses seafood stock and, and crawfish tails instead of the chicken and chicken stock. But even in those recipes... And I have them written down, and thankfully the recipe I use does not lie to you about how long it takes to cook the onion down. In fact, it doesn't even give you a time. All it says is cook them until they're ready because the, the, the cookbook writer knows it's not going to be a five-minute thing. This isn't going to be something where you just go, hey, I'm going to plop these in my skillet, and in, in a few minutes they're done. But anyway, I, I found the recipe I wanted to use. I'm going to use that. But uh, we, we as, a, as a people, as, as a Louisiana people who love to cook, we should rise up against the recipe blogs that tell us that cooking onions takes five to ten minutes because that's unacceptable. The lies are unacceptable. Now that I've ranted on that, let's take a break. We will come back and finish up the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, y'all stick around. That's right. We're talking about cooking. It's almost dinner time anyway. Some of you might be eating as it is now. Maybe you grab something on the way home. And as your 5 o'clock news cruise, after all, we are taking you home here in the 5 o'clock hour, brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Go check them out at 1212 Ambassador Cavalry here in Lafayette. Let them help you and your automotive needs. That's right. You might be in the car. You might be eating now. But you know because you cook at home. Maybe it's at night. Maybe it's on the weekends. Whatever. You know it takes longer than five to 10 minutes to cook onions. Scott listening says more like 30 minutes, which is absolutely right, especially if you're using butter, because that's two ingredients that you're trying not to burn, both the butter and the onions. Then we got a listener in Abbeville on the app. He goes by Louisiana boy, says they're not from Louisiana cooking onions in that short of time. Of course they're not. They're like from the Midwest. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin, but here's my mom blog, and I'm going to show you how to do Cajun cooking. I'm wacky. And they tell you five to ten minutes for the onions, and they're lying to you because they want, on the little recipe part of their recipe blog, they want it to say that your, your prep time is 20 minutes and your cook time is 30 minutes, and they don't tell you that you need to double that because you're putting 
too little time for your onions to cook out properly. I'm very passionate about this, in case you couldn't tell. Anyway, thanks to everybody on the app who has responded <laughs> to uh, to that that bit of a rant. I, I Cooking blogs bother me. One day, what I might do at kpel965.com, I may just start sharing recipes. I used to share it on Substack. I haven't in a while. I have people who have harassed me about not sharing them on Substack for a while. So as we get closer to the Thanksgiving season, maybe I will share a couple recipes. I will share maybe the cornbread and cornbread dressing recipe. I use, for those wondering, uh, Chef Isaac Toops, who's from Rain. He owns Toops Meadery in New Orleans. I think he was uh, on. I think he he was a contestant on Master Chef there for a bit. But he he he's got a cookbook, Chasing the Gator, fantastic cookbook. It does use foul words in it because again he's from Rain and he likes to swear. But the cor- the skillet cornbread and the crawfish cornbread dressing recipes are the base for what I do whenever I'm making cornbread dressing. And he's not foolish enough to tell you that you only need about five to ten minutes to cook the onions. And he also believes in the Trinity. The one little quirk about the Trinity he uses is that he likes to use red peppers because he has he likes to add color to the stuff he's cooking. Most people I know they use the green pepper. He likes to go for the red pepper. I like to go a step further. I like to find like the 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 red, the orange, and the yellow peppers and, and use a mix of that to add the color to like the gumbo or the jambalaya or whatever. Um, but typically green for a little pop of green because cornbread dressing is really yellow and orange, depending on what your cornbread looks like. So that's like the only time I use green pepper in my Trinity. But anyway, that's it for me. Enough cooking for right now. Let's take a break. Let's we'll have more news to talk about tomorrow. Obviously, this is a news talk program on a news talk station. But I did want to talk about cooking for a bit. I haven't done that as much as I like. I like talking about cooking. I know you guys have opinions on it, too. So I'll throw that into the conversation a bit more as we go on. Have a great evening. You guys be safe. Be back here in 23 hours so we can do it all again. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at RedState.com. I mentioned Substack. If you go to Substack, look for the Joe Cunningham Show. You'll find it there. The podcast episodes, every show is on there. Uh, The stuff I write, including stuff I also put up at Red State and elsewhere, all that is on Substack. You guys have a great one. The podcast will be up soon. If you use Apple or Spotify, give it a rating and a review as you listen to it. I'll be back tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.